Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Good morning, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you today? It's well, I'm doing great, and it's really good to see you again. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here always. Yes, it certainly is. And wasn't that a fun and informative trip to Oz in our last conversation? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Very much fun. Well, there were so many interesting features in that storyline that mirror the obstacles that we encounter on our personal quest to be the best version of ourselves. And it's fun and exciting to talk about the hero's adventures as it relates to stories and movies. But then there's reality, you know, and I'm grateful to put my COVID experience in this context. But let me tell you, it was anything but fun and exciting, Dr. Jane. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. So it's a wonder in our crazy, distracted lives that any of us hear the call to adventure, much less launch into our hero's journey. Well, you know, and isn't that true, Anna? You know, sad and true. You know, as we mentioned before, we live in a culture of busyness and distractions. I mean, most of us aren't tuned into the subtleties of our own daily experiences. You know, we're we're really asleep to the myriad of possibilities that could change our lives with present moment awareness and a new choice, a conscious choice. Uh, you make it sound so simple. Well, Anna, you know, it's simple, yes, but but not easy. You know, not so much. Yeah, well, I can identify with not easy. And, you know, everywhere I look, I see people glued to their devices, consumed with social media, hooked on the 24-7 news feeds, bringing one or another Netflix series, you know, Uh, into their lives, you know, binging on them consistently, you know, it blows me away. And yet, uh, you know, I've been there as well. Well, you know, and I'm sure you're right. I mean, plus, we have to remember this COVID experience that really took over the world has had a massive impact on all of us, whether we realize it or not. I mean, people keep talking about getting back to normal, yet I'm convinced that normal shifted. Normal has shifted irreversibly, both in the external world and and our internal world, because there's a pervasive uneasiness that many folks are recognizing, and we're enormously uncomfortable. You know, so many of us allow ourselves to be consumed by by a world of virtual reality, and let's face it, the popularity and the size of the audiences that watch virtual reality shows is staggering. I mean, I often refer to these shows as shows about people behaving badly. You know, we've we've really become vicarious thrill seekers, watching others' lives rather than living our own life consciously. You know, we lose ourselves, and there's a certain comfort in that. You know, and and that that's because life is hard, and many of us never anticipated that our lives would be so different and so difficult. Mm. Well, you've referred to it as life in life's terms, yet we certainly can impact it with the attitudes we take and the choices we make. That's right. That's right. Well, I also get the impression that many people think that new possibilities only happen to certain people, you know, the lucky ones. Well, Anna, and this is a perfect example of how we can align ourselves with a self-limiting belief that that really in the long term, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
it's it starts with I think small, you know, and then it moves to I do small, and then of course I stay small, you know, and others in my mind get access to the big stuff, but not me. Well, that's that makes me sad, you know. It's sad that we can so easily fall into that trap. A, a trap that looks and feels true and how would it, you know, and how would a person know any better? I just, you know, it just makes me really sad to think that. And especially if the people around them operate in the same way. Well, you're right. You know, and therein lies the challenge. You know, there, there are many who are not interested in taking the challenge to live differently. Many. I, I Sometimes I think most people aren't interested. However, for those For those who are open to the challenge, you know, even if it's reluctantly open, you know, we offer a possibility to create a new way to see oneself and the world. And this may be the initial call to adventure on the hero's journey. You know, the the possibility is to learn to see through different lenses, the lenses of mindful awareness, you know, and this offers a life-altering shift in perception. That's a big shift. Well, yes. And so often the mindful awareness skills are marketed as stress management techniques or are very often an intervention to depression or anxiety or high blood pressure, insomnia, you know. And and I want to say, yes, it's true. This kind of training is invaluable in all those areas. You know, but Anna, there's more, more that may hold the key to longitudinal change, you know. As we become more skilled in these mindful awarenesses and, and the practices of them, you know, we experience that we're not absolutely not our thoughts, we're not our feelings or body sensations, or even our impulses. You know, we cultivate the observer self position in our consciousness. And then we're privy to our own kind of behind the scenes activity. And we're able to finally recognize that things may not be what we assume they were. We really gain a capacity for for self-knowledge. You know, and and, and I'm not talking about the the kind of knowledge, you know, from the neck up. It's a knowledge generated from inside of us, from deep inside of us, from kindness and compassion and curiosity. So knowing ourselves is a key. Absolutely, you know. And, and this whole idea of know thyself has roots in antiquity. I mean, Socrates, Plato, you know, I, I call them the, the good old Greek boys club. You know, <laughs> they pointed to this, you know, and, and 13th century Sufism, you know, had this, had this saying, you know, he who knows himself knows his Lord. And it, it also moved into medieval philosophy with, with um, a fellow by the name of, of Peter Abelard, who wrote Ethica, you know, and then there's Shakespeare's Hamlet, To Thine Own Self Be True. You know, others like um, a fellow by the name of Thomas Hobbes, he talked about when we learn by studying the self, we can really expand that to, to everything else in life, to others and the world in general. You know, and then there were poets like Alexander Pope and Ralph Waldo Emerson and, and Samuel um, Coleridge, you know, who also talked about knowing oneself and contemporary Sufi philosophers like Indra Shah, my dearly love, you know, or, 
are movies like The Matrix. I mean, people will identify with that or, or The Matrix Revolution. The key is know thyself. Know thyself inside and out. This has been a reoccurring theme through the millennials, you know, and it's still as valuable today as it was in ancient Greece. Oh, that is so interesting. It, it makes me wonder if we've been listening to these masters, you know, mm, I think not. <laughs> We're yeah. still sleepwalking through life and thinking that we'll make the time for, for the tough, you know, tough stuff later, much later. Well, and isn't that what makes the perfectly imperfect human a potential hero? You know, when they finally hear the call that rouses them, arouses us, I should say, from the sleepwalk, you know, it's about taking on the challenge, the adventure toward toward life-altering change. Well, so we might think we're up against a wall, yet it might be the challenge presenting itself. Well, yes. And there, there's the beauty of possibility right there in front of us. You know, it, it reminds me of the configuration that the Chinese use as their symbol of problem or crisis. You know, there's two parts to it. And one part is the symbol that represents the problem. But the other part represents the opportunity, the opportunity to learn and grow. So opportunity is inherent in every problem. And this opportunity is actualized within the process of resolution. It's like the silver lining that people can refer to in tough times. Yes. Yes. And I also, I, you know, I think you're right on that. And I also think about that popular show back in the 1980s. I only caught a couple of them, but it was MacGyver, you know, and, and yes. here, here was MacGyver as a hero who had this uncanny knack for unconventional problem solving. You know, every tricky situation he was in was remedied by util utilizing, um, you know, everyday objects in new creative ways, you know, things like, um, like uh, pencils and paper clips, things like that. And so <laughs> the term Mac MacGyver solution um, came out of that series. And it, it really means to fix something without the benefit of conventional tools or a manual. That's kind of where we are. So meeting the challenge as a hero doesn't mean that the individual is fearless. It's really about their courage to take on the challenge or the call, which can bring out, you know, another side of them and, and they have that they haven't been aware of. Yes. And often the hero within us <laughs> is more baffled than anyone else at their courage and willingness to take on the challenge and the call. You know, it's, it's like recognizing these parts of ourselves and, and owning them is an important piece of knowing oneself. And it can shake the very foundation of who, who we've taken ourselves to be, you know, because it so often defies our history, defies our conditioning, and defies our self-limiting beliefs. It seems like the path to knowing ourselves is an active path rather than a passive process. So how might we start this process, Dr. Jane? Well, you know, Anna, as we've talked about in past conversations, it's important to examine what's important to us, you know, what we value most across the broad, broad spectrum of mind, body, and spirit. You know, it's helpful to question how it came to be important. You know, was it a family value or was it a missing 
value in our family. You know, everything we think, everything we do, everything we say is information. You know, it's it's not like we need to figure it all out before we ignite the challenge. But anchoring into our mindful awareness skills gives us immediate information. You know, it's like we're tuned in, you know, to things and behaviors and thoughts as they're playing out in our daily life. So we could begin by inventorying our values, our priorities, what are the most essential elements in the life well lived? And we have to ask ourselves, you know, where do we fall short? Yes. Yeah. So we include health, you know, healthy, unhealthy behaviors, relationships. You know, we would want to want to take a look at um, uh, responsible actions versus irresponsible behaviors. You know, to take a look at at things that I know I should address and I don't, you know, and investigate what keeps us from doing the next right thing. These are the ways we resist living from our values and our priorities. So we want to know what's going on behind the scenes, you know, or, or do I justify my negligence? You know, how do I make it okay to ignore my priorities? How do I feel about it? You know, do I justify it, ignore it, numb it? What's really going on with me? It's really taking a close-up view of how we live our lives. Well, that's right. You know, and there's another view to consider as well. You know, what about those of us who always try to do the right thing, always looking to consider others, but considering others at the exclusion and abandonment of ourselves? You know, this is the consummate accommodator. What about those who strive for perfection or live a selfless existence? People who feel committed to being a good person, the caring person, you know, and in doing so, abandon themselves, you know, or or they may feel deeply unhappy or dissatisfied with themselves and others, you know, or dissatisfied with life in general. How have the values or beliefs that we believed, you know, were the right thing? I mean, how have they backfired? What's really going on? Dr. Jane, we're really getting into some pretty touchy territory now. Well, and and Anna, many of us have followed the rules and beliefs of our histories and our conditioning, and we expected that it would it would provide satisfaction and rewards and contentment, and we've been solely disappointed. You know, it, it's it's like the old saying, <laughs> "I climbed the ladder of success and found that the ladder was propped up against the wrong building." Mm-hmm. You know, the question we want to ask is. Whose life am I living? I love that saying, Dr. Jane. But, you know, because we may have taken on someone else's wants, needs, values to please them or keep the peace, or it may have seemed like the thing to do when we were young and impressionable. Well, yes. You know, and and Anna, again, you know, we're not here to judge or even to dictate what's appropriate for others. Right. What we're what we're really looking to do is offer a suggestion, you know, suggesting that we we each inquire into ourselves to determine, you know, who we are at the core and and what we deem as important and whether we live our lives with honor, integrity, and compassion, starting with ourselves. You know, and, and do we consider our life nourishing and satisfying? in the sense of of living from this code in everything we think and say and do. And if not, you know, why not? You know, how might we be justifying living less than who we're called to be? 
you know, this is an ongoing practice of taking our personal, mental, emotional, social, physical inventory, knowing who we are and where we are at any point in time. This practice seems like it would require quite a bit of our attention. <laughs> well, I think you're right, definitely. You know, it's a practice of present moment awareness, and it's a foundational piece that we've highlighted from the beginning of our conversations, Anna. You know, and when practiced regularly, there, there eventually becomes an ease to it. I mean, it requires our intention and our attention, yet after a while with practice, it becomes almost effortless. It becomes just how we see ourselves in the world. And it allows ourselves, it, it allows us to see ourselves, you know, as we are in the moment. And it offers a portal to discovering what's behind our behavior. You know, like the thinking that justifies unkind or self-defeating behaviors, you know, or it, it could be identifying a target thought um, or a behavior or a body sensation and to inquire into it by being present to it in the moment and by just posing, gently posing questions like, hmm, huh, I wonder what's up with this or wow, what's up with me that I would choose to do that? Hmm. Isn't it interesting that I'm trying to justify this unkind or unhealthy behavior? Wow. How is this irresponsible behavior working for me in this situation? Yes, it's like finding the underlying cause of our intentions while we're still in this situation, the thought or feeling. Well, that's exactly it, Anna. You're right. But not in a critical or judgmental way. You know, it's investigating with kindness and curiosity, like wondering what makes us tick. You know, we're not wanting to make ourselves bad or even wrong. Just following the thread that will help us discover our relationship to that emotional bundle of thoughts and feelings and body sensations and impulses, you know, who we are and how we got to where we are in our relationship to ourselves and others and in the world in general, you know, and, and only then are we able to make the necessary choices, conscious choices toward hearing our call and living more consistently from our best and highest self. It's so obvious to me now as to why we continue to sleepwalk in, in life. The distractions and addictions to media and devices prevents us from the practice of being in the present moment. And, and the only place where we can truly access ourselves and our, our thoughts, feelings, history, and explore how we arrived at where we, and where we are. Well, and so it is. You know, this is another way in which we can be called to the hero's journey, called to step out of our ordinary life, a life that may be consumed with busyness and all sorts of, of um, systems that eat up our time and energy, you know, a virtual life rather than living a life guided by the best version of ourselves. Well, let's talk about what we can be doing to promote this in our daily life. Well, Anna, you know, a starting point would be let's not focus on changing anything right now, you know, but but let's let's really begin to observe ourselves, you know, keeping track of where we put our energy. You know, I recall a piece um that I heard from uh, a presentation um of Carolyn Mace, 
years ago. She's a medical intuitive. And she suggested in her presentation that we imagine that we're given 100 circuits of divine energy every day. And so then it's up to us where we invest that circuitry. You know, where am I going to put my energy? What what takes the energy up in my life? And and we keep track of this in a written log. You know, how much time was spent on that negative thought stream or worrying about this or that or, or criticizing ourselves or, or maybe somebody else? And what about the time spent on devices, email and Facebook and iPhone time? You know, all of it. What exactly are we investing and where are we investing this divine circuitry? It sounds like real personal accountability to me, Dr. Jane. Well, yes. And we also need to take a long, hard look at what's important to us. What are my priorities? And then ask, am I living these? Am I congruent with what's important? Do I walk like I talk? You know, but don't change anything just yet. You know, just know where you are and be who you are. So, like, just sit in it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Anna, we're going to just sit in it, you know? And the next thing is to begin to think about and maybe actually practice, you know, abstaining from certain devices and media and technology programs. Um, you know, those series that we're binging on, you know, and and see if we can abstain. Maybe it's just for 30 minutes every day, you know, carve out time when those distractions are, are put aside, at least temporarily, you know, and, and of course, it's also about being open to using that free time to practice one or another mindful awareness technique. I mean, we have a myriad of these that are, are included in our YouTube videos, you know, Things like um, a practice like the welcoming breath, you know, which is merely tracking the in-breath and the out-breath and noticing our body's response to it. You know, are the breath and body practice where we're, we're originally, you know, as we start out initially, we're tracking the breath, but then we move into feeling the sensations of our bodies, contact with furniture, contact with limb on limb, clothing touching our skin. And just allowing ourselves this quieting or the three minute breathing space, you know, that, that wonderful hourglass of three minutes. The first minute is focused on all the thoughts and feelings that are bombarding me in this moment. And then I move to really letting all of that go and gathering my full attention to my breath. And then the third minute, you know, I do a mini scan of my body and focus my breathing on the sensations of my body in its totality. Or we also have that body scan where we take our attention to every region of the body, breathing into it and feeling the sensations and then moving to the next region. You know, all of these, you know, are lovely pieces that allow us to drop into ourselves, taking us away from the world and all the distractions. You know, and, and following a mindful practice, you know, can be an ideal time to inquire into ourselves. What's important to me? How did this become important? You know, where does it come from? Was this a family value or something I established myself? Am I living the life I want? But then the question is, you know, whose life am I living? You know, or what's missing in my life? And again, 
it's not about, about making big changes. It's really time to explore. Yes, and, and take what you get, right, Dr. Jane? And take what you get, yes. Mm-hmm. Know yourself. Absolutely. And it's like an exercise of sitting in the messy truth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it can be messy, Anna. It sure can, Dr. Jane. Well, we'll see how it goes this week, right? Yes. I'm game. I'm game. Thank you so much, Dr. Jane. Thank you, Anna. Until our next conversation. <laughs>